you for joining us. Uh, I am joined today with uh, with me. I have Chris Auger from InfoSight. I am Tyler Smith from Dark Rhino Security. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Microsoft 365 security and compliance and how we can uh, make that easier for you. So, uh, Chris, thanks for joining me today. And thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to having the discussion. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, we will have some time towards the end of the uh, the webinar to ask questions. So uh, if everybody can just uh, hold your questions until the end. Um, I'm trying to keep an eye on the, uh, the chat. So if there are any problems, uh, please go ahead and raise them in there. Um, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. So a little bit about Dark Rhino Security. Um, we were founded in 2017. Um, we try to uh, uh, provide security services for organizations of all sizes. And uh, we believe that access to security should be affordable for everybody. And that's one of the things that we've done. We've tried to uh, leverage security services uh, or technologies and wrap services around those technologies to make them accessible for everybody. So it's just a little bit about Dark Rhino. Um, so Chris, if you wanna do the uh, intro for InfoSight. Yeah, so InfoSight was founded by a couple of uh, folks from the Air Force. They ran the Air Force CERT. Um, basically, they got very frustrated because they were dropped into um, unknown environments and their job was to go determine if any bad actors are rooting around in very complex networks. Um, when they um, got out of the service, um, they founded InfoSight to really solve the problems that they were endlessly faced within the service, um, specifically around threat hunting, advances in incident response support, and things of that nature. Over time, over the last five years, we've evolved, and most recently, really doing a focus on Microsoft 365 uh, security compliance and controls. Through our partners like Dark Rhino, we're kind of solving one of the biggest challenges out there, um, and that is how do you actually know if your environment is set up properly? And how do you track for configuration drift over time? So we will talk more about that shortly. Yep. Thanks for uh, giving us that introduction. So um, one of the things that's become obvious over the last few years is just the, this huge shift to cloud services. And a big part of that uh, has been trying to get a handle on what that means for an organization, uh, because while it comes with certain benefits operationally, it also comes with certain uh, risks. And, and understanding those problems and where, where they arise is really important. So uh, one of the things, while Microsoft takes care of most of its security needs as far as being able to provide the service, it doesn't really do a lot for you. Security configuration of Microsoft 365 is a, a, uh, a thing that they leave up to the end users uh, and, and user organizations. So uh, that, that's one problem. Another problem is the, the native alerts that come along with 
the the compliance piece are not uh, uh, user friendly. So when it comes to determining are you out of compliance, setting that up and and maintaining that is very difficult to do. Um, and uh, then the last part of it is really monitoring that and and keeping your finger on that pulse is is a challenge in and of itself. Uh, Chris, do you want to chime in? Yeah, I mean the reality is is you know Microsoft as a platform has incredible capabilities to be exceptionally secure. But like most Microsoft products, they default to the ones that make it easiest to migrate to, easiest to use, um, to eliminate kind of support calls or challenges, not the most secure or the properly secured environment. Um, so um, the, that setup is rarely done appropriately. And even with um, MSPs or MSSPs that we've been working with over the past several months as we've been launching this platform, the vast majority are actually getting abysmal results. And of the end users that we're working on, it's actually even worse than that. If you layer on top of that, for example, the latest solar winds breach or what's going on right now with Happium is um, people may have set it up properly to begin with, um, but the challenge is, is even though you set it up properly, if like in the example of SolarWinds, um, a bad actor gets elevated credentials, they use those credentials to swim upstream and change your configuration to allow them to inflict damage. So it's one of those things where a lot of the compromises that we're seeing right now is an organization gets a compromise, but they're not inflicting damage on the asset they compromise, rather they're using the credentials to swim upstream and manipulate and cause damage in the cloud environment. So that's really why set it and forget it is not the right answer. You need to not only set it, but set it and check it. And then after you check it, you need to monitor it or repeatedly check it on a very frequent basis to ensure that you're not getting configuration drift. And in an ideal world, you're actually doing real-time monitoring of it. So if a bad actor does get into your network and does get access to your cloud configuration, that we will alert on that immediately when they change, maybe it's uh, out of domain forwarding, maybe a new admin was added without multi-factor. This gives us the ability to alert you, our Dark Rhino service, to monitor this continuously and alert you in the event someone made a change that made you less secure. Yep, and and that's what, what you were seeing, like you said, um, what we were seeing with uh, the solar winds investigations and looking at that is um, the bad actors were uh, using the ability to reconfigure the uh, um, server settings or as far as uh, um, the allowances are for out of domain forwarding uh, so they could basically put themselves in the middle of all email communications. Um, and that's kind of the uh, the, the next part. So if you want to walk us through this, Chris. Yeah, so if you look at the anatomy of attack and kind of 
um, how organizations get um, massively impacted by compromises. You know, the first part of attack is the bad actors are use very sophisticated methods to fish. You know, you're not getting an email from some random prince in Nigeria anymore. Now you're actually getting an email from your boss or from a friend, or they're looking at your Facebook page or connecting through you some way. So you get, you're getting a picture or something from someone you know, often about something you did. So that spear phishing is incredibly targeted and they're getting really, really good at it. So it's not some random thing. Rather, you're now getting an advanced attack which someone sends you a file that looks like it's from a friend of yours saying, hey, this is another picture about what we did last weekend that they derived from your Facebook page or your Twitter feed or your Instagram post. So you have no reason to kind of doubt that, hey, I'm going to open this. Go on to the next slide. Then you go ahead and open it. Now you're on the hook. Now they what they'll often do is deploy um, – uh, a, a password logger or they'll do something behind the scenes to scrape your credentials. So they'll get into your environment that will now breach your account. Now they have access to your credentials. Now they're incredibly dangerous. Unless you have the ability to track that and monitor that, and Dark Rhino will talk about their other services that they do with Okta a little bit, but unless you have sophisticated ways to track the identity, now you have somebody else logging in from somewhere else that can do significant damage. Go on one slide. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, now that they have this authentication, they have the keys to the kingdom. Um, and once they have the keys, just think of what an administrator of your Microsoft 365 environment has the power of. You know, uh, a very scary way to think about it is administrators have the ability to backup and restore. Guess what? A backup is effectively copying all your confidential information to another location. And then they can now access that and do real damage to your overall company or to what really whatever they want to do. Um, and through that, they can also deploy other things into your environment. They can put, put out GPO objects or other things to deploy software in your environment that now looks like it's coming from you. And what they're really doing is potentially deploying ransomware throughout your environment. And then they hit detonate and now all of a sudden, not one machine goes dead, but your entire organization all of a sudden gets encrypted and you're basically out of business unless you either pay the ransom or if you're lucky, you have a really good backup strategy. Go ahead and move forward on slide. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the, the key is, you know, when you look at the overall kill chain, the sooner you can actually detect and stop the compromise, the better. I think that the, the phishing and spear phishing is getting so sophisticated that stopping that is going to be incredibly difficult because stop posting on Facebook, stop posting on Instagram, stop doing Twitter. Yeah, like that's going to happen, even though personally I never do that. Um, the, from there, you know, 
they acquire, they get your credentials. The best thing you can possibly do is intercept them before they can do bad. And that's really what monitoring your environment is all about. Having your credentials isn't bad until they do something with it. As mm -hmm. they attempt to manipulate things, intercepting that kill chain at that point in time is the most effective way to stop that exfiltration of data. Um, you know, if you're in the healthcare world, that's incredibly expensive. The HIPAA violation and penalties start kicking in, and now you're up for a huge fine if you re release um, medical information. If you're in school districts and you release information on kids, the fines are enormous. So it's all about stopping the attack before they can actually inflict damage or compromise your information. That's right. And and that's one of the things that, that uh, um, as you'd mentioned, we, we try to have something to address the major attack vectors. This is taken from the Verizon um, report. Um, so you can go and look this up. But as you can see on the left, and I apologize because I tried to get uh, grace, uh, the grayscale version of this was the only one I could, could snag a copy of. So, uh, but on the left, you can see uh, um, in 2015 where these, these avenues of uh, um, uh, breach started. And you can see on the, on the right where they've ended up in 2020 as far as the prevalence is concerned. And uh, you can see at the top, uh, the number one thing, as Chris had mentioned, is phishing. Um, so that's becoming the gateway drug, if you will, to, to a data breach, uh, is phishing. Um, and the next thing is the stolen credentials that, that Chris also mentioned. Um, again, neither of these things in and of themselves is really that bad. It's what the actor is going to do with it in your environment. And one of the things that they, they often can do is, um, they can reconfigure settings on different systems. So one of the things is, because it is so central to that data exfiltration, is the Microsoft 365 server. Um, and those settings allowing things like out-of-domain forwarding, which I keep bringing up because it was, it was what was seen in a recent uh, um, uh, incident response um, that was tied to SolarWinds was out of domain forwarding was uh, used to exfiltrate information. So it wasn't, it, w it was bad that they had so the SolarWinds uh, um, uh, compromise happen within their organization. It was bad that obviously they got access to the this Microsoft server to make these changes, but no one was monitoring the real, the real uh, pin holding everything together is no one was monitoring those configurations for change and they hadn't really been set up properly to begin with. So um, that's where the, the service that we offer uh, comes into play. Um, and the other thing is uh, um, when you look at the pricing for this, and I'll turn this over to Chris because this is really your your domain. <laughs> Um, but uh, when you look at the pricing of what you what you pay for with with the available um, Microsoft 365 tools that would help you maintain control over this versus what you actually get from them, uh, it's kind of uh, it 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 doesn't really hold up, right, Chris? Yeah, I mean, you know, Microsoft is unquestionably the dominant 
provider of productivity tools. Um, and Microsoft is also the absolute master of bundling a bunch of stuff together and forcing you to buy these big packages. Um, the reality is most people or most organizations, their employees need email, Word, PowerPoint. Um, maybe in some, if you're in finance or whatever, you use Excel. They don't necessarily need or want all the other stuff that Microsoft packages together, but you know, you want secure email, you want Word, you want PowerPoint, you know, basically you want the, that enables you to go, hey, I can go with 365 business standard. Oh, wait, you want security? You have to jump up and pay $7.50 a user more per month just to have the ability to see if you are compliant, to get access to their security center at all. Even with that, it doesn't do the real-time monitoring. If you go forward one slide to the enterprise pricing, you actually have to leap up from that E3 at $32 if you want their full security scoring, their security product. Um, oh, one, they're going to make you use Teams and a bunch of other stuff and voice and stuff in order to get there. But you're going to jump from in that $12.50 a month up to $57 a month per user in order to get the advanced capabilities. What's InfoSight's mission working with Dark Rhino is how can we provide you with that ability not only to look at your environment, look at the controls, and see if you are set up properly as um, by comparing that to CIS or the Center for Internet Security Benchmark, um, but on top of that, um, we have the ability to make it easy enough to do it every day, and that will turn into that real-time monitoring. So it's really InfoSight partnering with Dark Rhino that gives you the same security capabilities that you might get in E3 or E5 at a significantly reduced price point in a much easier to consume form. You know, Tyler alluded to the fact that Microsoft's not known for the kind of ease of use of this. You know, I looked at our own um, kind of how many security alerts, and we were getting dozens of alerts every day because Microsoft decided to say it's a critical alert that some feature change. So you got this real numbness caused by having so many alerts that people stopped ignoring them. You know, it's kind of like when I was in college, I just ignored car alarms because I lived by a parking lot and they were going off all the time. So, you yeah. know what? I never cared anymore. I didn't even look to see which car it was. Um, you know, so it's kind of that numbness, that alert fatigue. Yep. That's really what Dark Rhino's job and what their service they're going to deliver is not only verify how compliant you are, how you're set up, but enabling you to have the advanced capabilities without having to make that leap from $12 a month to $57 a month. Right. That's right. And, and it's much more focused. Uh, like Chris mentioned, it's the clutter that comes with that $57 per user per month with Microsoft. Uh, you get just a ton of extra stuff that you just don't need. And um, this, what we can do is allow you to focus very, very directly. And then the other thing you can do is you can also use CIS as a, uh, they have a full benchmark. So 
if you have the time, you you could do this on your own. Um, but what we have is an as a process that's it's extremely affordable and it's it's pretty much automated. So you don't have to you don't have to worry about anything other than when you get an alert from from it, you know that it's worth looking at because um, something has changed. So just really quick, what it does at a very high level, it inspects your Microsoft 365 environment. Then what we can do is give you the, the benchmark score, uh, which is going to out, lay out the, uh, the findings that we've discovered and give you a score of where they fall next to best practices. Uh, then the way that it works is you you go fix those things or we can help you fix those things. And then we can go back and take another look and see where you fall. Um, and the other part of that is above and beyond is we can continue to monitor uh, and alert you as things change so that you can respond uh, when it's not an expected change. So Chris, anything to add? Yeah, one thing I will call out is um, one, you know, highly recommend you do this assessment um, with Dark Rhino. Um, second bit of advice is don't freak out if you get an F. So far, um, <laughs> we've done this on, you know, dozens and dozens and dozens of environments, soon to be hundreds. And um, so far, one has actually got a B. No one's got an A yet. Um, so um, almost everyone is failing miserably, um, but the, the beauty is even though they're failing, um, Dark Rhino can put you on a path to, to correct it so, so you at least know it. And then from there, you kind of get to a security baseline. Once you're at that baseline, monitoring it to make sure that a bad actor doesn't change it is absolutely critical. Um, but I think going through this assessment, you know, the ostrich approach is not the right answer. You know, it's kind of like going to a physical, you really hate going, but you feel great after you have it. Um, you know, getting that check of your environment that's totally non-impactful to your organization, auditors aren't going to come into your environment, it's all done remotely. And Dark Rhino has really turned this into a seamless process, so you know exactly where you stand as a, you know, compared to the standards on where you should be, and you can get on a path to correct um, your environment. Yeah, and I, and one of the things is like I really cannot overstate the the simplicity of of the process. It's it takes something that honestly, when I looked at what was required for us to do this manually uh by comparison it's it's the difference between you know uh it, transplant surgery and trimming your fingernails i mean it's like I, I don't know maybe that's a bad example but that's all i got right now for you um, <laughs> but i mean it really was the the complexity of like where to look in microsoft for all this stuff and what it's supposed to be set to and everything just it's it's a lot of stuff to juggle um especially if you don't have that that uh comprehensive security um level of service from microsoft uh that that lets you get the automated score um so uh this is just an example of the controls that we some of the controls that we look at um 
and and again the simplicity of how we can get this done versus how it's done manually like you can absolutely do it manually but i would i would invite everybody to reach out and and just get, give it a shot um you know it's uh it's honestly it's very very simple and and one of the other things and chris you can probably elaborate more is this is where this is at right now um there are continuing improvements to what we can do from the reporting side and alerting side um, that that are in the pipeline. So uh, Chris, anything to add? Yeah, so right now um, we kind of do checks on the most critical kind of security settings. Over the next uh, weeks and months, this is a couple of months, this is going to turn into over a hundred controls that we're going to validate against. And, and actually look that are going to be stack ranked and prioritized based on the damage they can inflict if someone was to manipulate one or change one. Um, and the other huge part of the value that Dark Rhino provides is knowing you pass failed is interesting. Knowing you pass failed and on, on a control by control basis is super important. In other words, that kind of consultative value that Tyler and Manoj and Kevin and the team can provide you is just absolutely critical. Because, you know, getting an F is one thing. Getting an F with a path to get an A that's rapid is something entirely different. And that's really where the value of Dark Rhino over time can provide is that consultative value to help you prioritize which ones come first and actually get you on a path to being healthy. And then once you're healthy, maintaining that health over time is really what it's all about. Yep, yep. With that, Absolutely. do we want to see if there's any questions? Yeah. We do have uh, several questions here. Okay. Uh, so uh, one question uh, comes is, is this technology that you are presenting using Tenable under the hood? No, it is not. This is a developed by InfoSight. Um, you know, we're aware of kind of what Tenable does. Um, and it's a Tenable is a very interesting kind of technology that's radically more complex than what InfoSight and how we do it. Um, we actually stood up an application, a SaaS application in Azure. Um, so we're cloud to cloud. We do our inspection from the InfoSight Azure app to the Microsoft Security Control Center. Um, and it's an InfoSight proprietary application that we developed over the last year. Um, uh, all audience members, you've been uh, unmuted, so you can, uh, if you unmute yourself, you can feel free to ask questions as well. Uh, but while we're waiting for that, there's a couple others that came through the chat. Uh, one is, if you have MFA, are you not uh, covered for configuration changes to Microsoft 365? Inadvertent configuration changes, I believe that's what the question is. So in most cases, the answer is yes. One of the problems are is service accounts rarely have MFA enabled because it's a service account. So there's no way to you, to enable MFA. And if you take the SolarWinds example, that's what they had the ability to do. They actually 
got elevated credentials to the point that they could actually create new admins that didn't have MFA enabled, and then but they had full administrative access. So MFA is absolutely one of the first things that you should do, but it still doesn't protect you if somebody compromises uh, an account, uses that compromise to create another administrator, and then does damage. In the SolarWinds examples, they that got taken. That was so bad because it was actually taken a step further because there was no user account associated with a valid access token. Through So through SolarWinds hack, they could get what was called a SAML token. That SAML token had full administrative access, but had no associated user account. So there was none of the checks against MFA or that actually kicked off. That's why it lay dormant, well not dormant, that's why they were inflicting damage from March until December, and even the government, even CISA, even major players um, had no idea. Hey, Microsoft themselves lost source code through that mm -hmm. compromise. Now, if they had real-time monitoring of their configuration setup, it would have thrown off an alert had someone changed any of their settings that lowered their configuration settings, and it would have actually alerted you that someone is out there doing something bad. But MFA is definitely the first best step to securing your environment. Next, we have a two-part question, uh, gentlemen. It is, what is out-of-domain forwarding, and why don't firewalls block it, or will firewalls and DLP block it? So firewalls won't block it because it's legit. So out of domain forwarding, let's say you send me an email and I have it set up that all the emails you send to me, I forward to bob at yahoo.com. Um, so out of domain forwarding is where I actually have an auto forwarding rule set up on my mailbox that mail coming to me gets forwarded to somewhere else as well. And that one's so important because some of the biggest kind of financial impact hacks are done through out-of-domain forwarding because what they do is they set up a forwarding rule on the CFO's account. Email comes into the CFO, that's an invoice, it's forwarded somewhere else. That person changes the routing number, sends it from the CFO to that same end user with a different routing number. And now people are paying their bills, but they're depositing the money in the wrong account. That's why that one is so critical. And one of the most common ways that money is actually stolen in financial transactions is by intercepting emails to the CFO, manipulating that email by changing the routing number, you're paying your bill, and the first time the company knows that they have a serious problem is when they start calling their customers saying, hey, why didn't you pay your bill? And they're like, I did pay the bill. Yeah. See, right here, Here's I paid the bill. Oh, that's not my routing number. Oh, crap. <laughs> yep, yep. And we've actually seen that before uh, in a couple of cases where that was exactly what happened. Um, being able to intercept that, that uh, intercept and step into that, that communication chain. Um, so even if you had DLP in place, um, it would only catch things that it's set up to catch so so like a financial transaction not so much if they if you have dlp properly in place uh to to do inline inspection uh from your email server 
out to whoever it's being sent to, then it should catch things like like if you have a a rule to catch things like HIPAA data, for example, then it then it ought to catch that. Uh, but still, I mean, you'd have to have a rule, and they would have to trigger that rule in order for you to catch it. Um, so uh, it may be an adequate control, but that's one of those things where it's it really depends. I mean, if they're if they're sending an encrypted attachment and you don't have anything to deal with encrypted attachments, let's say, um, uh, or no way to, to catch obfuscated data, um, then DLP would not uh, um, would not probably catch what you're what you're trying to uh, stop from leaving in this instance. Okay, so uh, well, we got we got a couple more here. Oh so, boy. <laughs> so uh, another question comes up is that as a small business, do we really have the risk? So that, I would that argue, is a good question. Well, I would argue yes, and I would actually argue that you're actually at greater risk um, because of, um, you know, as a small business, clearly you have to prioritize spending every dollar you spend. Um, that's your lifeblood when you're a small business. And mm -hmm. through that, the bad actors have figured out that it is much easier to get you know, $10,000 or $100,000 or $5,000 from 500 small businesses that don't have security teams, that don't have threat researchers and people watching this every day, that the, they tend to be an easier target. Now, mm -hmm. whether your environment is or not, um, I, I don't know, but you're still as absolutely at risk. For the, take the Hathium breach that just happened, um, you know, unlike SolarWinds, which was a very bad breach, but the Russians only targeted, you know, a few dozen to a few hundred of a potential of around 30,000. Um, for this recent Hathian breach, they're estimated that 35,000 of the companies were actually actively compromised via that. Um, you know, because they basically literally threw thousands of bad actors against compromising everybody with the vulnerability. Mm -hmm. um, now, thinking through what your data is, if you're a small business, whether you're five employees or 100 employees, um, that's where the cost of doing this with Dark Rhino isn't what you think it would be. I'll let Tyler or Manoj talk to you about it, but it is it is not something that is gonna you know break your bank in any way um, at all. Yeah, it's uh, it's very very affordable um, uh, even at scale. So uh, um, I, I should say not even at scale at at either end of the scale. So large enterprise, small enterprise, small business, medium sized business. Um, this is a service that everyone can afford because um, again, it's it's very simple for us to to automate the process, which keeps our costs low, which allows us to pass that on to you. And it is something that is really important. Which uh, earlier on, I I put out the word on LinkedIn to to see who would be willing to uh, uh, do it for free, even. Um, and I know that that we're still offering that initial assessment for free. So. Um, uh, but but to to add some color to what what Chris said, um, you know this 
the the two most recent cases that we've seen where this has played a, a, a role have been smaller companies, um, you know, uh, companies size where they have a couple of IT people uh, handling everything from security to operations to infrastructure. So, um, and and these were transactions. The the transactions that were impacted uh, were right around two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollars. I think was the average. And what what the attackers did is they got they fished somebody. They got a hold of credentials. They made some changes. Uh, forwarded emails from that user's uh, um, uh, inbox out of the domain, and they were able to then uh, inject themselves into the conversation. And, and they got those routing numbers changed and money changed hands. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, if, if uh, um, they were a much smaller business, it may have been completely ruinous for them. It was uh, about 200, like I said, $250,000 transaction that was uh, a complete loss. So I um, hope that answers the question. Uh, so the last one that I have here, uh, mm -hmm is oh this is interesting although it's a microsoft uh conversation the question is is the gc g suite environment more secure <laughs> um <laughs> they're both equally capable they they have almost all the same security controls um the the you know we focus on microsoft um initially um at some point in time, we'll probably go into G Suite, but um, within G Suite, if someone uh, compromises your administrator credentials, they can do all the same damage in G, G Suite and no one's there to stop them. So I would say, you know, both are equally complex to set up properly. Both, when they are set up properly, can be extraordinarily secure but they still have the same vulnerabilities that if someone's account gets fished or a vulnerability enables elevated credentials to enter the environment, it really doesn't matter what you have unless you're actually monitoring the controls to actually detect it. Because it's, it's a legit, per in the eyes of computer land, it's a legit person doing a legit activity that could happen that that's not a protected activity therefore you know sim tools or lot or the kind of ai logging tools wouldn't know because it's a legit activity it's just being used for bad purposes um, and that's what i love working with kind of dark rhino on is they take super sophisticated tools that are often only available to the massive kind of fortune 100 or fortune 500 and they enable those tools to be leveraged from at both ends, whether you're 50 people or 10,000 person organization, they empower you to have as powerful tools as you know a Citibank or a large institution would have. And that's really the value that is being provided. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, um, and that's why one of the things that we really shifted focus on was phishing, dealing with phishing effectively. And we, we tested a few different vendors um, and settled on a service uh, and then built out a service around it um, that allows you to leverage a, uh, a tool uh, to, to deal with phishing effectively. 
and then couple that with our identity and access management managed service that we have that allows you to deal with ensuring that everybody has uh, uh, proper identity, uh, managed identity, multi-factor authentication, um, then tying that into a SIM that you can actually afford that we offer as a service uh, for monitoring. And then with InfoSight, we offer IPINR uh, where we we monitor the endpoints for for uh, compromise. So we're, we're looking at detecting compromise, not preventing it. Um, and uh, and then this kind of kind of rounds out the the offering where we're we're working with InfoSight to provide this to people so we can monitor those settings that would allow people to do bad things that look like trusted things. So um, does that was that did we get did we get it, Manoj? I, I, that... I think you got it. Okay. Uh, so uh, audience, again, if uh, those were the questions that came to us through the chat, if you have any questions uh, that you would like to ask, just unmute yourself and uh, feel free to ask. Yeah, and while we're waiting for Give that. Everybody here a couple seconds, see if there's any more questions. Okay, okay. And, and I just wanna take a second to say thanks to everyone and thank you, Chris. For, for joining me today and Manoj as well. Uh, and thanks to everybody that uh, came to uh, watch this presentation. Really appreciate you you all taking the time to do that. Yeah, and, and one, I appreciate you kind of giving me the opportunity to talk. Um, anyone on the call, highly recommend you give the Dark Rhino folks a call. Um, I think it's a spectacular offer that they're gonna, you know, offered to do a free assessment on your environment. Um, it is not impactful. I think the time to value, you'll find it's just extreme. Um, and then from there, you can have that consultative conversation on, okay, how important is this to me? Do I really wanna go through the work to do this? But, but at least you're having that consultative conversation knowing exactly where you stand. Yep. So. I think um, we, is there, Caesar? do you have a question? I'm sorry? Yeah, yes, good morning, everyone. Um, hey. Yeah, the, the real question I had right now was, um, so, so after an initial assessment, you know, how often in your guys' experience would we as customers receive a health check or checkpoint that says, you know, this is where you are, uh, you know, three months ago we did our first assessment, now it's six months, like, is there a, a time you guys typically recommend for these health checks? So usually it's within, uh, so when we do the first one, um, then we give you the results. Uh, we can help you make the corrections or you can make those on your own. Uh, and, and usually we try and do that within within a month. Uh, I know that it can be difficult to find time right. to, to address everything that may come up in the thing in a month, but, uh, but we, we try and have that opening assessment then a period to to remediate and then a, a closing assessment before we start uh, uh, what we would consider to be continuous monitoring and that we can do we can do as often as every day got it okay thank you mm -hmm. yeah thanks for the question yeah the the platform is actually designed to be scheduled right now where we'll run every day um, and then within a few weeks, if anything changes or your kind of security posture declines, it'll actually proactively alert you. So 
So effectively, you're having um, a full CIS benchmark run on your environment every single day. Yep. And and that's what I was talking about earlier when I said it's it's looking at doing it manually versus doing it through through us is it's uh, quite a difference uh, in the amount of effort required. So. Other questions uh, from the audience, if anyone would like to ask? Yeah, please feel free. Uh, love to answer questions. Well, if there's no more questions then, I think uh, we thank you gentlemen for uh, joining us and thanks for doing this, Chris. Thanks, Tyler. Absolutely. Thank you for and, having, uh, having me. You, uh, all the audience, uh, if you have questions, you have our emails, just uh, please send a note and we'll be happy to respond immediately. Yep. Okay. Well, thank, you, thank you, everyone. Thank you, Tyler, and y'all have a great day.